I'm Arie Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover in-depth topics in the league, giving honest and critical analysis. This week, we have our 2018 WNBA Draft Board. Eli Horowitz, say hi to the folks, and let's get right into this. Number one pick, the newest team in the WNBA. I know we all got a consensus pick, and that's Asia Wilson going number one to the Las Vegas Aces. Eli, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, no surprises there. You know, won a national title at South Carolina last year in the thick of the tournament right now. Um, it, this is just a league where if you don't have elite bigs, you have no chance. You know, Brittany Griner, Sylvia Fowles, Tina Charles, John Quill Jones, Brianna Stewart, Liz Cambage, Neka Gumakwe, Candace Park. Like, if you, like, and, and I'm probably forgetting some. If you don't have elite bigs, you can't win in this league. It's not like the NBA that's gone like almost completely small ball. Bigs still run this league, and Asia Wilson has that potential. You know, whether she plays the four or the five doesn't matter. She has the potential to be that elite front court player. And so you just can't pass up on a talent like that. And, and we're going to get into first, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to break down basically. What we know from people that we've talked to in different teams and kind of the the consensus, if you will, as of right now of who's going 1 through 12 for the first round. And then we're going to break down who we think might might be able to slip in into different spots and be a better fit for the team. Um, moving on to number two, as many people are expecting, uh, and again, the consensus, Kelsey Mitchell going to the Indiana Fever. Your thoughts on that, real quick. I'm not as high on Kelsey Mitchell as some of the other, or maybe not, I won't say some, as one other player. Um, do we want to get to what we would do differently or just kind of get through the list first? Let's go through the list first and then and then kind of move on from there. Number okay. three uh, that we're hearing is Gabby Williams going to the Chicago Sky. Then you got number four, Diamond DeShields. Going to the Chicago Sky again, and we're big flipped. It doesn't. They have both picks. You know, I'm actually seeing Diamond three, but it doesn't matter. We saw that like uh, that year when UConn went one, two, three, and then the team who picked three also had four. So it was like, does that really matter? They could have done whatever. They did it. Um, number five, Jordan Canada going to the Seattle Storm. Number six, Lexi Brown going to the Dallas Wings. Number seven, Victoria Vivens. Going to the Washington Mystics. Number eight, Maria Vidiva. Going to the Fever with their second pick of the first round. Number nine, Kia Nurse. Going to the Connecticut Sun. Number 10, Ariel Atkins. Going to the New York Liberty. Uh, I'm probably going to mess up this name. Number 11, Stephanie Mavunga. Going to the Sparks. And number 12, Monique Billings. Going to the Phoenix Mercury. Now... Again, that's kind of like the consensus that we're hearing and through people we've spoken to that, and a lot of people are really expecting that. Eli, let's get into the positions that we feel would be most likely to swap or or possibly just to us make a little bit more sense going in a different direction. Do you want to go first? or Because for me, it's it starts with number five, with the storm. I think just to be clear, like we've talked to multiple GMs and coaches and um, – Obviously, things can always change, but this is at this point, you know, on March 20th, um, this is about what we're hearing. But you go first. What would, I guess, 
let's think of it this way. Not what will happen differently because we can't, we're not the GMs and that's not our call, but what would you I mean, do differently? All right, if I'm the Seattle Storm and I know this most likely won't happen, so I'm going to asterisk this, I go Lexi Brown with Vive. I think personally she's a better fit for this team. Uh, Canada is a little bit undersized skill set wise and ceiling. She probably, or uh, pretty, pretty commonly, she, it's accepted that she has a higher ceiling. She's just an overall better player. But to me, it's not necessarily about that. It's about what this player brings to your team. By going Canada, I think you're getting a smaller set player who's a little bit less of a true point guard in the sense of facilitating the whole team. Uh, In Lexi Brown, you get someone who can do that a little bit better than Canada and is kind of more in her role. And if you take Canada, you're kind of putting uh, Jewel Lloyd, your second best player on the team right now, in an odd position because they kind of fit the same role. And that is unless you believe that Jewel Lloyd can go into the into the the true point guard position. But if you do that, you are extremely undersized in your back. I think that is actually a very fair point, and I don't I don't really thought about it. You know, like Canada. You know, if you're talking about backcourt of the future, once Sue Bird retires, you have Canada and Lloyd. I mean, that is pretty undersized. Now, Canada is a really good defender. And, I mean, both those players can get to the rim pretty much at will. So that's a pretty scary backcourt offensively. Um, But, yeah, it it would be a small um, backcourt. They would definitely need a really, really big three next to them, you know, to to guard the bigger guards. But I guess what I would counter to you is that, like, Canada, I think, is just – a bit a tier kind of above Lexi Brown and overall talent Um, her burst of speed I think her first step acceleration is just much much higher Lexi Brown's a really great shooter and passer and also I think a good defender I think Canada just has that acceleration that like elite athleticism that Brown um, doesn't quite have and I think when you're drafting I I hear you that you got to think about fit but I'm more a believer if you take the best talent available And so I think Canada is just a more talented player. And, you know, if they take, if they, if Seattle took Lexi Brown, now you're giving Canada to Dallas. And that's so many directly players. And then when you think, oh, you have to side on air on the side of what happens next. And it's a domino effect. Cause for me, if I'm the wings and I'm going into six, and this is just like, again, my ideals of, of what I think would be an amazing fit. I know this is a player you're high on. So I'm curious your thoughts on this. Victoria Vivens to the wings at six as the heir to the Glory Johnson throne. Um, a lot to unpack there. Let me let me first finalize on on Canada and Brown. Is I have league sources that have said um, that these teams want Canada so bad that they're actually thinking about trading up with Chicago to try to guarantee that they get Canada. Um, So let's just, you know, just throwing that into the equation, which I think is kind of interesting because I don't think Chicago would take them. You know, I I think Chicago will take Gabby and diamond and, 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 or Kelsey Mitchell if she fell. So I, I feel like Seattle for Seattle to trade up would be a little puzzling uh, because I don't, I think they'd still get her at five, but maybe Dallas at six is in there saying, shit, we might have to trade up because 
Uh, if we really want Canada that bad, we can't let Seattle. So that's just something to throw in there to think about. But I really like Victoria Vivian's. Um, it's kind of, if you listen to our top 10 podcast, you know, it's kind of like that. I, she's somebody to me that has the size to, to play all three guard positions. You know, I think she's just a big guard who has versatility. And like I said, it's rare to find players that can play both ways. And so I actually, you know, when I did my mock draft without even, like before I talked to league sources, I had her like as high as two, three, four, just as far as like players I like personally. Now, you know, I don't think she'll go as high as two, three, four, but I think if, if Washington gets her at seven, I mean, that's a steal. I mean, she's a player that's going to fit in, would fit in perfectly next to Della Don and Christy Tolliver. I mean, she'd fit right into that culture. Um, and like I said, like she just has more yeah, versatility I mean, than uh, Canada I don't know. Brown. I, she I can feel play like multiple guard positions. A lot of people have been talking about Vivens going to Mystics at seven. I hear that. I completely get it. For some reason, it just doesn't gel in my mind. I, I also, I watching uh, her, I'm going to call her Vivi, watching her videos, her highlights and stuff, it, it's just a pleasure to watch her play. She's so fluid and 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 fast on both ends that it's it's really fun and that's why I like watching her I always try and say you know get your mind on on pro WNBA players and former WNBA players uh and kind of compare it to them and to her I really see a similarity in, in many ways not not perfect but to Glory Johnson uh so that you know that's kind of a pipe dream of mine so let's yeah I mean, some people are saying that she has a bit of tunnel vision, like as smooth as her game is offensively, that she needs to learn to see the floor. And, you know, in college, she can just kind of get the ball and go make a play. And she, you know, against the average college defender, she's just going to cook them. But in the WNBA, like you got to be able to move the ball. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Like I said, I think our sources are saying she'd be seven, but – I, she's someone I would think about even earlier in the draft. Um, you know, even, even Chicago, I I'd be really tempted. I mean, if you bring in like Gabby Williams and Vivians, like you've just add, you've added like a three and a four or a two and a three that just have so much length and but size. But answer me this, how, like, okay, I get the whole Chicago idea. If I'm Chicago, I'd definitely be willing to trade with the storm, you know, like, just thinking about it, like in you want to trade one down, but not too many down, because if you trade too many down, then you're losing out on the opportunity to get Gabby Williams or Diamond to Shields. And to me, obviously, yes, Gabby Williams is amazing. Diamond to Shields is somebody who I'm going to take over Vivi, minus the the effects that she might have on you know the locker room and whatnot. And we all know the story of. I believe she made a demand at one point saying she would only play for the wings. Um, so that's something, uh, you know, it's hearsay, it's it's jibber-jabber, but it's something to keep in mind. Who Who's the next one that you would kind of slip out? Now, I think the next question that's kind of the most interesting, um, you said for the Mystics, I kind of want it. I wish there was a, a true center in this draft that I feel would be a – you know, kind of a, a headline, if you will, who's already polished enough. And I say that because a lot of people are talking about number eight, uh, Maria Vidiva, 
going number eight to the Fever. What are your thoughts on, on those two picks? Um, you know, Indiana's – I mean, Vidiva, I think at eight you probably take her because um, I feel like after eight there's a big drop-off. Um, and, and Kia Nurse I think might surprise people. I think she's better than people are saying. I, I've actually heard she might move up a little bit. But I think most people are saying the top eight is a bit cut above. And I think – Vadiva is probably higher than eight as far as prospects, but I think she's a bit younger. There's uncertainty because of, you know, potential overseas commitments. But I think once you get to number eight, you got to take the risk um, for Indiana. And knowing they have this number two pick, I think now they'd be a little more comfortable taking that risk. I, I'd agree with that. And I, I very much so agree with your, with your Kia Nurse uh, thoughts. I mean, that was why... Uh, when I was so critical of the Minnesota Lynx trade. And now, obviously, I don't necessarily think he and Nurse is going to drop to 12. But I think, like, in early predictions, a lot of people were starting to say that she possibly could just because of fittings who they want. And then Minnesota... Like, that's why I disagree with this whole notion that you can't get a good player at 12. I think that's kind of, you know, covering the back end after something happened. But let, let's move down a little bit more. Um... Number nine, the Connecticut Sun. Now, a lot of people are saying Kia Nurse is going to get her. Um, obviously, Canada wouldn't be there late because what I think the Sun need is a true three-point shooter, somebody who's just a lights-out shooter um, It can drop some big points. What are your thoughts on, on if the Sun were going to go somewhere else? Who do you think they would might I think nine there? through 12 is pretty interchangeable, but I think I, Connecticut would take Nurse – or Ariel Atkins, a guard, because, you know, they have Shanae Gumakwe, they have John Quill Jones, they have Alyssa Thomas, they have Morgan Tuck, like, they traded for Kayla George. Like, they have five solid bigs, and they're not in win-now mode in the way, like, Minnesota or L.A. is, but they're in that next tier of being pretty close to win-now. So I think they need more... I think guard, the guard spot is where they're a little bit weaker. Um, so I think... You know, Nurse or Atkins would be a good fit there. Um, I think Nurse might have a bit more of a higher ceiling, but Atkins can do a lot. And uh, she distributes the ball well, but she can play the two. Um, And then New York as well. I think it actually lines up well for Connecticut and New York. I think both those teams have more depth, have a lot of size, but need guards that can produce. And... uh, so I think 9 and 10 I see being those two players. And I personally think Billings is is a better fit for LA. Um what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like my uh, I I like Billings at 11. Um she her, you know, her and uh Jordan Canada and UCLA, they've been dominant all year. Again, a team that's not very deep and those two have carried them. They they're in the Sweet 16, so they play this weekend. So definitely a team to check out because you can see two pros, two first round picks in one team. Um, I think that, you know, LA needs, LA needs help in the front court. Um, you know, I feel like they brought in Cappy to kind of bring in that other guard they needed. And now they need to add, you know, a big, obviously Candace and Neca start. And then you have Jantel Lavender and Carson can play a little bit at the four, but is more of like a three. So, they, they definitely are a bit thin on the interior. So I think, you know, Mavunga or Billings would address that, but I think Billings is more of that player that can 
kind of make an impact right away in a small role and has the potential to be like a double-double type player. A lot of people are saying Mercury go front court also. You mean at number 12? Yeah, sorry, Mercury at 12. They're an interesting one. You know, they just, they added all three positions in, in the offseason, right? Um, they added Sancho Little, so they added a big, they, they got Bonner back as a wing, and they added January. So they kind of addressed all three positions, so I think they, you know, I, I think at that point you just take the best player available. I think they're in a win-now mode. Whoever they take at 12 is not going to like, I don't think they're going to like get many, you know, minutes at all, really. So I think you just take best available. But the tie, like I've said, it, it's a big league. So tiebreaker kind of goes to the bigs. And like, you know, grinders missed games. So I think if you're thinking about like an insurance policy, um, you know, adding adding size when when Griner has had her injury problems, you know, can't hurt. Do you have any different takes on that kind of on that? I think it would be smart for them to find someone who can back up Griner. Um, you know, number twelve is I think because of where you're at in this draft, you can do something. You know, high risk, high reward. Okay, so wh- what I mean by that is go for a point guard. Go go for somebody who you feel has like is just a shooter. Somebody who who can light it up because you know I know you have that uh, uh, in in Mitchell or sorry in uh, Leilani yeah Mitchell uh, but I want to see someone who's going to fill in for DT when she's going out you know they haven't really started to uh, to address that role yet and that's something I'd like to see them do I mean do you feel like they've started to address that role for instance Seattle who's in a similar role has started to address that role. Uh, LA, who not necessarily in a similar role, but with with uh, Parker, has kind of addressed that role with NECA. Is it time for the the Mercury to address that role? I do th- agree with you that they need to address that role, but I just think I don't think like at that point there's going to be a point guard that is like the point guard of the future, and you know, I just think you got to take best available, and like I, I'm just looking up. Uh, you know, Mavunga's averaging 17 and 11 this year. Hey, sometimes for me, I don't know, it, it can be hard to tell with some of these bigs in college because, like, the average pl- – like, I watch some of these games and, like, the players they're going up against are just so much smaller. You know what I mean? Like, I'll see a big who's scoring, but the player guarding her is, like, three inches shorter. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear you on the point guard thing. I just, I guess, my rebuttal would be like, you know, who? Like, I, I feel like your argument makes sense, but I don't know who that player is. Well, I guess I kind of look at it as I'm not looking for for the concrete stop. You know, the the concrete fill for for Dantrosi because a, I don't think you necessarily are going to find that for a while, just because of the talent you have on this team and not getting really high drafts. You're not going to have the ability to get a top five player. I will say that because Diana's minutes need to lower, you can find someone who played right, can facilitate some of the same things that you need from Diana uh, in those ways. But moving on, um, because I think this topic's a lot more interesting, number two, Indiana Fever, the number two draft, and Kelsey Mitchell is what a lot of people are saying. Now, the biggest criticism is, is she a true enough point guard or is she just a scorer? Kind of, Similar to Kelsey Plum, you know, Kelsey Plum kind of came in with some criticism. There were some questions about whether or not uh, uh, San Antonio at the time wanted her. 
Do you think that Kelsey Mitchell is a complete player that can do more than score? Um, at this point, no. Um, I think she is a very good scorer. She can shoot the three, um, a dynamic player with a very high ceiling. And But I, I do think like she's really, really good at scoring, um, but I don't think she's like a traditional point guard. I think she really, at the end of the day, is more of a shooting guard in a point guard's body, if you will. Um, but, you know, like, this is a very young player. So I am not – I'm not going to say she can't improve in those other areas. I just think if you're asking me today, she's not as complete of a point guard as some of the others. Having said that, like, her ability to score and just, like, her overall ceiling I think is, you know, a step above Canada and Brown. I think, unfortunately for Indiana, they're kind of in one of those positions where you – like – not dissimilar from Vegas. Like, she's just clearly, like, the second – like, she has such a high ceiling, it's, like, hard for Indiana not to take her. Like, in some ways, I think the Shields could be even better or Gabby Williams could be, like, a more valuable player to, like, filling a role, like you've kind of said, and how someone fits on a team. But, yeah. Well, that's what I, I was going to ask is who do you think – yeah, who do you I mean, think position-wise this team needs? Position. I think they need a guard, and a, because there's not like an elite center other than Vidiva, I think you go with a guard, and then it's the Shields versus Mitchell. I personally, there's a part of me that feels like the Shields is just a bit more versatile, just more physical of a player can kind of play the wing and the guard position. Um, like I feel like. The Shields and Gabby Williams are players that can kind of guard bigs and guards. Um, so that one would be really tough for me. But I do think Indiana will go with Kelsey Mitchell. Like I said, I think Chicago's sitting pretty because the Shields could be better than Mitchell, and they don't they really don't have to make that decision. Like I feel like Chicago's in the perfect position where they can get Gabby Williams and then they can just take Mitchell or the Shields based off what Indiana you know, does. Aces are put in a really tough position, and everyone's looking at me going, oh, they have the number one pick. How, how is that a tough But like, often when you have the number one pick, you're like, yes, I need this position, and the best player in the draft is that position. So this works great. Lovely. But that's not necessarily the case for the Aces. Then you talk Fever, who are in the need for a guard. Seriously, I mean, they, they opened up that position for the draft with the trade of January to Phoenix. So my question is, Sky, what's going on? And the Sky are sitting there at three and four going, hey, we get to take top talent. They have two like in the top five picks. That's amazing. Like you can literally the next morning wake up and say to your fan base, we have recovered from when we lost our M- our league MVP, Elena Deladon. We now have four, arguably in their starting four or in their starting five, they will have four people who are top five picks in the draft. And how good does that trade, I mean, God, how good does that trade look for them now? I mean, they got a lot of criticism at the time. Traded. I criticized. You know, they traded Boyette um, to Atlanta for their draft pick. Um, And I I think there was some other pieces in that trade, but that was kind of the main part of it. And I mean, like, I mean, come on. I mean, look look at Chicago to be sitting here with these two picks. Stafford, Stafford McGee. Yeah, and I apologize. I think at the time of the trade, to be fair, it was Boyette, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I still think, like, I'd much rather have a top four pick. 
and Atlanta, I mean, it's not the like the trade was done last year, so it's the current Chris Sanko's the GM of Atlanta. It wasn't his move. But man, would would they with all the talent they have, imagine if they had a top four pick to add to what they already have. I mean, at that point, it's just kind of like, screw you guys. <laughs> you have too much good luck. Yeah. So what, what do, you, do you have any different thoughts on the kind of like, should Indiana even consider DeShields or anyone else? Or is, is Mitchell just too hard to pass on that type of talent? Well, that it's, it's a sticky situation. I think they cleared out the point guard position. So... Looking at them, you have to look at it. And if you're not taking your your next starting point guard or your point guard of the future with the number two pick, then you have to feel pretty goddamn confident that you can get that person at the number eight. I don't think the Wings necessarily are looking for a point guard, even though a lot of people are saying Lexi Brown to the Wings. Um, or, you know, they want Canada. I, I'm not necessarily in that camp as far as understanding the logic be- behind that. If I'm them, again... I want somebody more of a wing, but I'm not them, so I don't get to make that choice. Uh, well, I think I think the the just to counter the reason I do like Lexi Brown for Dallas is because she's a really good three point shooter. And I actually think like you know, D- you know, Diggin Smith is a serviceable shooter, but not an elite shooter. So I actually think th- I think Brown and Smith could kind of play complement each other pretty well. Um, but but I but I do hear you. Like they should really take a good look at Vivian's because. Vivian's probably fills a need a little bit more, but I, but I think Lexi Brown would would be a good fit there as well. Yeah, man. The the more you look at it, like I like I, I just wouldn't want to be at number two because I think what if you take Kelsey Mitchell and it doesn't work out, and, and then Chicago's there, I get you know getting, and then you take Vadiva, you you know, man, like it it could really backfire. Let's say Vadiva just never really develops or. She has overseas commitments, and it turns out that Kelsey Mitchell is a great scorer, but doesn't really bring much else. Well, that's why, you know, we have two teams that are, and both Eli and I, folks, were huge on the Indiana Fever trade, but that's very dependent on them doing good on this. And honestly, I think even if they don't do too well on this, it's still a smart trade because of the opportunity that they could have had to do good on it. It's it's so tough because, you know, the sky are in, like, to me, the big stories of the draft are the Fever and the Sky because those are two teams that can completely reshape their team if done right in the draft. And I think the Sky, just it's harder for the Sky to screw up this draft. They're in a good position. Um, but look, it, it's a good draft, um, you know, certainly one to seven. And if Vadiva is committing for full seasons, you know, one to eight. And I think even like Kia Nurse is... If she goes nine, like you know, that's a that's a good top nine, and um, I like all twelve players we've talked about. So, you know, like we've said, like I believe talent just is going up, and I think yes, in the past, like pick seven through twelve haven't necessarily panned out, but I think that's going to start to change. I mean, even look thinking about the talents of next year, like Asia, you know, Asia Durr, and then after that, UNESCO of Oregon. I mean. I think talent just kind of rises with time. The WNBA peaked earlier in their careers as opposed to, you know, a couple of years ago when it was less and less. And, and we've really seen that grow from maybe like a draft that has one or two future stars to a draft that like we're saying right now could very well have nine stars in the next couple of years who can really shape this league. And that's something that's really, really exciting. 
And we're going to talk more about different fun topics. You know, we did our, our top 10 players in the league for 2018. I think soon we might have to break down a few more fun lists. Is there any last comments you want to give the people before we sign off this week? No, I, I just think, you know, th- there could be trades. Things could change. Um, you know, let me just list who's still in action. Um, Asia Wilson's still playing. Gabby Williams still in action. Jordan Canada, Lexi Brown. And, and that's a good one because Duke's playing UConn this weekend. So very curious to see how Lexi Brown does against such a great team. Vivian's is still in action. Um, Kia Nurse, Ariel Atkins, and Monique Billings. So you can see, I think, what was that, nine of these 12 players, you can see them in action this weekend. Well, that's that's ridiculous, especially considering, you know, like a lot of people praise that we need to use the, the NCAA Women's League to, to build into the WNBA. And that's how it starts, guys, is WNBA fans kind of dipping into the NCAA and then pulling out more people and paying attention and knowing who the next talents are and, and who they're going up against. And I'm excited to watch some of these players, and I've been watching them uh, so far, and it, it's been a good time. That's all for us this week, folks. Again, I'm Arya Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and this has been the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover in-depth topics around the WNBA, giving honest and critical analysis. That's all for us, folks, and find us on www.wmbainsider.com. You can follow our podcast on iTunes, and you can catch our show on Dash Radio. Eli, it was a pleasure. Definitely follow us on, you know, check me out on Twitter at Coach Horowitz13. And, you know, we're open for feedback, suggestions, questions. I'm always trying to make this, make this show better.